Welcome to the PowerShell Podcast, the podcast for PowerShell and the PowerShell community. Far more powerful than all the others. And now, here's your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the PowerShell Podcast. I'm host Jordan with megastar host, Andrew Plaw. Yes, super mega. <laughs> today, we have a fantastic guest, uh, Avery, or you may know him on Twitter as PowerShell on Linux. We're excited to have you because we've never broached the subject because neither Andrew nor I know what to do with it. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Yeah, and thanks for including me and the don't know how to use it. I've had a little bit of exposure to PowerShell on Linux, like uh, <laughs> mostly in the context of some CTFs and I think some Raspberry Pi stuff. Always fun. But it says on your account that you you started the PowerShell on Linux because you felt like it was not getting the same love for for content or support that just PowerShell in general was. Uh, yeah, so I guess the the main so I've 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 been a Linux and uh, and I guess open source and FOSS like enthusiast for I don't know since like two thousand five. Um, I've been I've been using PowerShell for. I don't know, a good while. And then when Microsoft added support for the, the, the PowerShell core, now known as the like PowerShell 7, um, I installed it on my system and then I realized how amazing it is and how much I like it. But the the problem in, in all these communities is that every time I would go and, and let's say like a community in Telegram or Twitter or all kinds of the Linux communities, I would always get like, oh, you're a Microsoft shill. You like, you know, you're getting paid by Microsoft. Microsoft never contacted me. And, 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 I, and I got a lot of pushback, but I wanted uh, to, to create like this safe community uh, for people that, that like PowerShell and also like Linux. So they can come and share, share things and, 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 you know, uh, collaborate because I think PowerShell, like the, the the PowerShell community is very, I mean, a lot of modules are open source. I mean, there's a lot, I really like the spirit that the, the PowerShell community has, and I wanted to bring both of them together. And uh, yeah, so, so I created a Twitter account and I created a Telegram group that later evolved um, to a Discord, and then eventually we set the Discord off, and we connected it with the the Discord. We bridged it with the Discord of the like the the PowerShell community to the Linux room, uh, the Linux channel in the Discord, and then like we added metri- Matrix into the mix, and it's like it became this whole thing um, of of a community where you can come. If you some sometimes people come and they talk about you know like Bash and they try to convert, or sometimes people come from from the Linux side and they're like, oh, I have this PowerShell script. I'm trying to figure out what it does and stuff like that. Um, so I this so I this pretty much why I why I started like I wanted to show Linux people how awesome PowerShell is, and I wanted a safe place to do it. <clears throat> so you said that a lot of the community instantly. Because Microsoft Four historically was so locked down, has there been any inroads made with Microsoft has done more and more open source stuff, or is it still that bridge is burned and there's in some people's so, mind no going back? 
so it it really depends. For some people, some people are you know like you're never going to change their mind. The, there's the whole saying like you know embrace uh, like extinguish. I forgot how it goes, but it's like uh, uh, that Microsoft that I think Steve Ballmer said somewhere in the I don't know the, the 90s or the early 2000s, and the Linux people remember all that. Um, and 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 some people are actually they're you know they see uh, what PowerShell can do or they see I mean VS Code like Microsoft has contributed a lot to Linux in recent years and some people are you know that they, they like it they wanna you know they they use VS Code as the editor they they want more and more things um, and uh, I mean. So, you know, you're always going to have extremists, but I think overall, like a lot of people in the Linux community are open to listen. Um, they might not use it on their system or they might not use it the default shell on their system and stuff like that, but um, they're not hostile towards it. Which that's a, that's a big improvement. Not hostile means there's a lot more collaboration that's likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Everyone wins in that case. I mean, good yeah. on Microsoft for going open source to kind of, Take that first effort, and, you know, contribute in other ways. It's been yeah, and and some people think, you know, like, oh, what happens if Microsoft decides to to close the source? But I mean, um, I I don't I think at this point, with so many people, so many companies use PowerShell. I think if if it it happens with other projects that try to go cross uh, close source, and then like the project was forked, and the community continued to manage it with. Uh, and I think the same thing will happen if Microsoft decides to do closed source PowerShell. I think a lot of people in the community will will take over. So I don't think I don't think they have any reason, especially with more stuff going open source, .NET, and and everything. I, I don't see a reason for them to do it. Uh, but that's the beautiful thing with open source. Like once the code is out there, you can. I mean, companies try to go closed source, and usually it failed. So. <clears throat> I yeah. don't see them doing it. it. It would never be a weird choice at this point because it was a it was popular when they did it, and to undo it now, you'd be burning all goodwill they spent what eighteen Building, yeah. years trying to build. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be a weird choice. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's part of their strategy, to be honest. Especially the whole owning GitHub thing. So, but before we went live, we were talking a bit about Linux, and you said that one of the problems you run into is. Everything you see recommended to get PowerShell on Linux is to use the Snap, and you said you're I mean, not, not a fan not, of that. Not everything, but a lot. A lot of the stuff is because Snaps are uh, are Snap is a technology invented by Canonical, uh, the creators of Ubuntu, and uh, it, it it's very nice because it's supposed to uh, create like a universal way to to uh, install packages. Uh, across multiple distros, and and it definitely works, but uh, in my experience, um, the snap, the the snap technology, and the snap, even though the PowerShell snap uses classic confinement, which is supposed to be no confinement, I've I've encountered uh, a, f- a few like edge cases that create problems with the way PowerShell works, and and uh, and I personally prefer and have a lot more um, success installing uh, PowerShell as 
you know, either using the native um, like distro. So if you're uh, running Ubuntu, you can install the the Deb package, or if you're running Debian, and if you're a Fedora, you can install the the RPM, or you can like install the packages that made for CentOS or Red Hat. Usually they work. Um, and uh, I have a lot of more success. It starts faster. It's actually it's it's actually amazing to see that I think PowerShell works a lot better on Linux than it does on Windows. I think it's a lot faster. I think it's it it's a lot of stuff. It starts faster. Everything is. I personally prefer it on a Linux system than on a Windows system. <clears throat> Whoa. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's a controversial thing. yeah yeah <laughs> well i have a question about using powershell on linux so say i'm a linux person been using it for a long time but okay powershell seems kind of cool i want to dabble i'll use that as my sh my shell of choice <clears throat> good choice i may say um mm -hmm. but are they still able to make use of their commands if they're using powershell so like say you really want to use uh curl you can still use it but have access to some other features of powershell I think one of the first commits or like one of the first issues that was open when PowerShell went open source is the conflicts with stuff like with the aliases for stuff like curl and exactly for this for this reason. And yes, you can use um you can use all your Linux native commands in PowerShell. I, for example, uh, I uh, I I helped a, a podcaster friend of mine uh get the hold of a domain for his podcast using who is in powershell to monitor you know when the dom the domain renewal was going to expire and like like send me an alert using telegram or um so it was a collaboration of powershell and who is for like the linux native command and it all works fine obviously um if you use linux commands you don't get objects back uh, so you lose you lose a little bit of uh, you know the the magic that PowerShell has, um, but uh, you you could definitely do it. You can farce you know farce the output and and stuff like that. And it actually one one topic that uh, I think kind of like uh, one topic that I wanted to talk about is that uh, in I mean PowerShell is is great. But I, I I do believe that you need to use the tool for the job, right? So if you want to run containers, you're not going to use PowerShell, use Docker, use Container D, use different technologies. And a lot of times, like people, you know, that oh, we know PowerShell, so they try to use PowerShell to resolve every issue they have. And I don't think. Uh, it's like you know when the saying is like when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So uh, just because you can scrape, just because you can use PowerShell, doesn't mean you should. You should, right? Like sometimes you can use native commands to manage Kubernetes instead of you know talking to the API. You could use like kubectl or other tools to do uh, the thing you want to do. And the nice thing is you can wrap those native tools. With PowerShell, actually running that a bit with my current job is people ask, "Can you do that in PowerShell?" To which I always answer yes, but no one ever asks, "Should I do that in PowerShell?" Which is not always yes. Yeah, so so I could give you like I could give you an example from many years ago when I used to work for uh, 
a huge insurance company in the US. Uh, the guy that worked there before me, he was you know very heavy into scripting, and he he uh, they used the VMware SRM, which is the Site Recovery Manager, and a lot of the stuff that he did, he he wrote like so he wrote a lot of scripts to to work around the limit the limitations of the product with air quotes. So for example, one limitation was uh, in SRM, you couldn't assign multiple IP addresses to the same network card for the virtual machine. So what do you do? He wrote a, uh, a script that runs after, you know, the, the when you execute the recovery, uh, the site recovery automation for the DR site, and then he would assign all the, all the IPs that, that the Nick was supposed to have. I solved the same problem by just adding additional NICs to the machine. And then the native system could you know, assign different IPs to each NIC. So just because you can use PowerShell and you can use the automation to, to do something, sometimes there are better ways to do it, like use the, 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 you know, the what's built into the tool or what's built into the, uh, to the thing you're trying to do. Sometimes you have I mean, obviously, scripting and PowerShell can help you solve a lot of stuff, but it doesn't mean that sometimes you have to think about the issue and, and try to find the best tool for the job, even if PowerShell is not that tool. That's a great point. And <laughs> I think Jordan and I, we share those same feelings. You know, even though we host the PowerShell podcast, you might think that we recommend PowerShell for every single problem. And no. No, not always. The, the, the can you is always yes. I might not know yet, but the answer is yes, I can do it in PowerShell. But I tell you what, if you want to learn, do whatever sounds interesting. If your goal is learning, go try and solve those weird problems and get lost. You'll learn a thing or two. If it's interesting to you, take advantage of that. Absolutely. I mean, that, definitely. And and I think like I look at I, I look at PowerShell as like the gateway drug, right? Like a lot of uh, the, I mean, sometimes you're you're going to come come across like technologies that are very complicated and then powershell has like a commandlet to make them pretty simple and then you can really learn how they work behind the scenes that as as you learn to interact with them and work with them like um i think for for me like powershell is what really introduced me to the whole rest api how rest api works like with uh, invoke rest command, it really opened my eyes to see. I mean, like the the, the alternative that I had before that was kind of like curling things, and I, I personally, I mean, hate curl. <laughs> like, I mean, it's I, I, and some people love it, right? Like it's, I mean, and you could use it if you want, but uh, like I, for example, I changed the. the um, I, I use like a, in 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 my Linux machine. I use a drop down terminal. I changed the default shell for that terminal to to be PowerShell, and and I use that as my daily shell. And I can always like pop into Bash if I have to, but <laughs> I I try to do everything everything in PowerShell. Um, I think that REST APIs are a great example of the power, right? Because REST APIs often return objects and objects in PowerShell, you know, uh, that, that fits pretty well. Curl's in, a great in, tool, it's, it's mature, but man, those objects. I mean, I've, as, as a Linux user of many years, like I, I just, 
I just can't stand the fact that you have to like you 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 get strings and then you have to cut the strings and you have to like mess uh, mess with strings. It's like it feels like so such an archaic way to work. And and not only that, by the way, one of the things Linux user hate the most about PowerShell it's like it's verbosity where every parameter has you know hyphen uh, i don't know like some 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 long like, let's say you know name or and and they prefer you know minus a and then you have to look in through manuals to try to figure out you have like awk minus a minus this minus that and nobody knows what it means but uh i mean unless you you know you, you and and a lot of times people come you know f f to our community and they're like hey i have this something like this and to try to figure out what it does so but but the funny thing is is like it uh, linux user look at it like as a bad thing oh the, the commands are long like you it, which is i always find it funny because you just press tab right where we all like you have autocomplete also another thing i really like in the in in powershell is that uh most linux file system are case sensitive right but powershell isn't so PowerShell, like for for the most part, right? Unless you specifically want it to be. So I can do CD, which is and and type the name like the beginning of the name of the folder. It doesn't matter if it's uppercase, lowercase. PowerShell will figure it out. Which is, uh, I mean, in Linux, like in Bash, you have to worry about. Uh, I mean, it's it's also funny. Like it's we're in 2023 already like you have to worry about if you write a lowercase t or an uppercase t to go to your like to a folder it's like <laughs> that's always something that trips me up whenever i go to linux it's like oh wait no i need to remember the exact casing of every single file i save it, it kind of mm -hmm. matters pick a standard and stick to it yeah also another thing like i was i was helping um i was contributing to uh back to the topic of like rest apis i was contributing to a to a project uh, uh, an open source project by uh, martin wimpress it's called quickmu it lets you like easily spin uh, virtual machines in like a command using um, uh, uh, kvm and a few other things and then uh, over there, they get information. Like he, he was getting information of the different Linux distros, um, and some of it was JSON. And then you have to use like uh, JQ and cut it. And like this, the the syntax is so bad. And I felt, I, I mean, when I was contributing to it, I felt uh, writing stuff in Bash. I felt like I was going back in time, trying to like with PowerShell. It's like so simple. Everything's an object. You. It's it's so easy, right? And 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 I mean that's I feel like Linux has so much to benefit from PowerShell, and Linux users can. Um, I mean it's 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 great. I mean we all obviously we're talking about PowerShell and how amazing it is, but I mean sometimes when you use native Linux tools, then then you really feel like you're going back instead of moving forward. So one of the big values of PowerShell being human readable is it lowers the curve to of entry, mm -hmm. like the, the barrier to entry is a lot. So, well, I understand if if someone in Linux wants it a certain way or they don't like they don't like the change, 
if if the more people that adopt it, the better off it is. That's true for any operating system. So by lowering the barrier to entry, that's part of the reason why PowerShell took. I mean, the object, and it's a fantastic tool, but human readable, I think, just made it accessible to so many people that would have never touched it. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I mean, I guess the term you want to, like, I call it is like gatekeeping, right? Like the gray beards want to keep their system the way it is. And like, um, and they, they, you know, they don't want change. But I think for a lot of people, it's very helpful where you don't like, it's it's like a more coherent language. And, and obviously it's cross-platform. So if you ha- you're a Windows sysadmin or a DevOps engineer or something, you can bring your knowledge of PowerShell into another system. Obviously, there are limitations. There are things that are kind of built in into Windows that, that are a bit different, uh, like modules that don't work. And uh, I mean, I personally like helped I mean, the the kind of like scratch my own itch. I helped port different modules that I want to use into Linux. One of them is like uh, there's the PowerShell Selenium uh, module, and uh, I had a like I I was using it at work for something, and then I was like, oh, I want to use it for something, some other project. I wanted to scrape some sites and stuff like that on my home machine. I was like, oh, this doesn't work on Linux, so I started like tinkering with it. And adding support, I I added the initial support for Linux on that module. Um, so I mean, you're it's very powerful that you can take like a Windows Windows right, like a .NET DLL on a Linux machine, import it, and use it. Like, yeah. who would have thought? Like, with the D- with DLLs on a Linux box, right? We live in a magic time. <laughs> Super cool too. Like you mentioned earlier, you can be a Windows admin or whatever and be very comfortable at your fingertips at PowerShell, navigating, working with things, providers, things like that, modules, like you said. And then you can go to a different operating system and you have at least some familiarity. Like you can go to your home base, you can open up PowerShell and you can navigate that. There might be a bunch of different native commands available to you, but at least you have your go tos. Yeah. I mean, you you definitely do and and a lot of stuff like the more things are progressing like more things i mean you're not going to have like commands to manage a registry on a linux box right but yeah i mean <laughs> it's easier to to deal with files like yeah, there's a lot of like commands that help you force information convert convert it like you don't have to deal with tools like i said like jq to convert to to json or to convert from json or like all these like esoteric uh like you 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 don't have to learn new tools just because you're on a linux box um and also you 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 get powershell reboting over ssh you get you get a lot of stuff like you um and and a lot for for a lot of things you you can write like one script and you can have it you can use the like the native uh, variables right like is Linux is Mac OS you can write one script like for example I have a script that set up my that that uh, you know some people use Ansible I use PowerShell to set up my system so I have like a single script and it it figures out oh it, 
am I running on a Linux box? I installed the, li the Linux packages based on like the distribution I'm on. I'm running on Windows. It installs like Scoop and and you know like the the like the tools and the other programs like the WinGet and all the stuff I want. Like I can just have one script that does that figures out very in a very simple way what system I'm on and 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 configure it for me. There's a it's an old Linux joke of it's a little stick figure. Like if I tell Andrew make me a sandwich. She's going to tell me no. <laughs> but if I say sudo make me a sandwich, she has to, right? Yeah, does that course, work yeah. in PowerShell on Linux? Uh, it does. So sudo is, back to what we were saying, sudo is a native command, and you have access to all the native commands of, uh, of, uh, of the system you're on. The, the downside is that when you run stuff as sudo, um, the default shell for the root user on, I think, 100% of Linux distros, unless some different distro changed it to like Fish or ZSH or whatever, then you're running as uh, your, then your command. So if you do like sudo, I don't know, G, uh, get child item or something, like it's going to tell you like, ah, oh, what is get child item? Because Bash doesn't know what get child item is. And uh, I came across it and, and and I was like, oh, I just still I still want to use my PowerShell commands in in uh, in 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 Linux in sudo. So I I wrote ps sudo, which is PowerShell sudo, and what it does is 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 a simple command. By by the way, it's in the PowerShell gallery uh, version. I think zero point zero point one. But I use it on all my systems. Like I write PowerShell scripts and I do. Uh, PSUDO and whatever script or PowerShell command that I want to run. And what it does, it takes, it serializes your command, it, and then it runs sudo uh, pwsh, and then it, it, it forwards it as a, a serialized command, and then it deserializes it once it's running inside PowerShell, and then run your command, gives you the output back. Um, it has limitation, right? Because of the whole serialized and deserialization. Then, um, if you have commands that, like, let's say, read host, you're trying to read the output. Then, in that context, you're you you can't read the you can't read information from the user. But for a lot of stuff, like I I use it to update like the containers on my home lab and and do a lot of stuff. Um, in PowerShell, which is my preferred language, or scripting language, I should say. <clears throat> That's so cool. I love to hear that. Uh, it sounds like good... I'll be getting a sandwich too. <laughs> of course, <laughs> and you didn't even you could ask uh, normal. You didn't even have to ask polite. It has it has the it has even like sudo the that joke has its own logo. Oh, does it? Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine you said that the default shell for most sudo uh, users is bash. I can imagine just one being PowerShell, just like with a pitchfork in the air. Like I'm sure <laughs> you'll break the system in more ways than one <laughs> if, you, if you do that. Like yeah. a lot of stuff, um, uh, like will behave. Uh, for example, I was deploying like a system, like I was updating something, I think it was like Mastodon or something like that. And like the commands I was using, like PowerShell, like they they were using like 
certain variables that are only available in Bash, and I had to like convert it a little bit to for it to work. Because obviously, if you use a Bash native variable, you're not gonna it's not gonna work. But it's also a nice thing because you, I mean, you, I can always inside PowerShell write bash and press enter, and then I'm in bash and I can do whatever I want. But I, I also find it challenging and fun to to try to make everything work in in PowerShell, right? Like uh, uh, try to get uh, everything I need and everything I do on a day to day basis work on on, on PowerShell on Linux. Um, Ready for another hot take? Absolutely. <laughs> so, I, 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 you, you heard of Crescendo, right? Oh, I, I think personally, Crescendo completely misses like the the mark of of like the PowerShell, the ability to run PowerShell on a Linux machine and use like the the native tools. So. The the problem is I see as a sysadmin as a PowerShell user is that if you wrap native commands with with Crescendo, then um, you don't learn the actual commands that you're using because you get this abstraction layer, and then when something doesn't work, you don't know how to fix it. So, for example, let's say you write a, uh, you create a Crescendo module to to wrap kubectl, uh, which is like the command line to manage Kubernetes clusters, right? So then they they keep adding stuff to this command, which means you have to upkeep the 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 crescendo model you keep creating and and maintain it, which is to the best of my knowledge, it doesn't look like Microsoft created many like like they don't publish these modules. So, so some people created stuff, right? But like there's no it doesn't seem like they, they they created this technology, but they don't. It doesn't look like they maintain many, and I could be wrong. But from what I've seen, but but the, then you 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 have to maintain this with the command, the, the native command that, that somebody is creating, right? And then if something doesn't work in this process to convert the output and stuff like that, you don't know how to to fix it, but I, I, I and I don't see the reason having something like that because, for example, I needed to get information from from like a Kubernetes cluster, so I can like create a variable like I don't know dollar j equals and then type the command kubectl get pods or something and do the output like dash o which gives me the output and I could do JSON and then I can pipe that to like convert from JSON. I like I can do all this stuff, but I learn how to use the tool and I can use it in PowerShell. And I don't need to deal with all this like serials of, of, of an abstraction layer that 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 is 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 I personally, it's my personal opinion, is useless. Because when when something it, it, it if something doesn't work, you don't know how to fix it. You don't know what the the native command does. And another thing is like if you learn how to use the native command, when you go to a system that doesn't have PowerShell, you could still use it, right? Like you're not locked down. Uh, I mean, let's say you get I don't know, you get like a, an appliance that has this native command, you still know how to use it, even if you don't have PowerShell, you can still troubleshoot. 
Um, so you feel like Crescendo is like a short-term win that does a disservice in the long run. Yes, and it's also, I mean, I think it would be great if Microsoft or there was like a community effort to maintain Crescendo modules. Like some people I saw created stuff for like um, uh, Robocopy or stuff like that. Then if Microsoft is not maintaining like these modules or having like a huge community that manage these modules, then everyone does its own thing on their own terms. And it it's not doesn't really like and it seems like a double effort. Well, um, I don't think I don't think Microsoft plans to support any of those. I mean, I can't speak for them, but like a bunch of the yeah. community ones for wrapping internal tools. I don't I think they just sought to provide a framework for for some tools that may make sense if people so, in the community want to develop and, and kind of create them, but I don't know. Yeah, so so I think instead of of that, you could just you know work on getting the native support, like things to work even better than they are, and you know, like improve on the cross-platform stuff that you already can do. I think it's it's a better effort than try to build uh, like a, a a tool that that by itself like is is not good enough and you already have access to all these native commands uh, I personally think it's use, it's it's doesn't have a lot of use uh, you like I think uh, you know well I explained myself but well yeah like <laughs> so here's here's a, an argument maybe for some people they are just going down the happy path with a given piece of software. They don't really get too deep. They're not going to encounter many issues because they're kind of just running a couple of standard parameters, whatever. And they like piping the output to a different command to query things further. Because maybe for some reason, like there's multiple where you can pipe things together, or whatever, you know, because it works well with structured data. I could see that being a good use case for some people. But also, I think if the technology got to a, a good Point and there was a healthy community around it. It could be interesting for other developers to view it as a. I mean, the way that a, I, I kind of tend to like agree with you. Proof of concept, I guess. Like, uh, but but I don't see developers if they were to create like a wrapper for their application. I don't see many really giving it the um, long term attention. You know, that would be my concern. It's like, um, exactly. There needs right. to be that so follow like, through for a good so, UX, so, or else you can't trust your tools. You know, it's kind of. Yeah. A, and, and, and if you look at the ecosystem, like the open, like things are moving so fast, right? Like, like there's tools popping up, like left and right. Like you, it, it, it I, I, I don't know how manageable it is to, to take all these like commands and, and wrap them. I, I think it's better, like, right? Like, so. It's better. So, for example, like you can do, I don't know, like PS in like the native Linux command to show you the processes, and then PowerShell has get process, right? So, like if it makes more sense to to do stuff like that to to create commandlets than wrap command, like having a commandlet that wraps PS, like doesn't make much sense. Like, but just build the tool. Like, uh, this is what I feel. Like there, there, you know, there's a lot of um like modules that you know talk to directly to like a rest api of some application rather than taking the application like like the cli of that application wrapping it the only the only use cases that i think are are good 
that where it's like useful is the secret management, right? So like um, I personally use like uh, Bitwarden as my password manager and like I have a self-hosted in instance here in my home lab. And um, so like to, to get the secret from Bitwarden, I use the Bitwarden CLI and it doesn't maybe make sense to, you know, to build uh, I mean, like uh, something that talks directly to the API of every password manager ever, then I think it's like a, a good middle ground to, to, to use something like that. But for the most part, I think you get, you get a lot more like, and PowerShell works so good, so well with, with, with native commands that I think I don't see the major advantage over that. <clears throat> Even when it comes to secrets, I think most of your password vaults have a module for that already. Yeah, but like the Bitwarden module wraps the Bitwarden CLI, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Like last time I looked at the code, right. um, like auditing it and trying to see like what it does. By the way, that's one of the modules that didn't work. Like the secret management with Bitwarden wouldn't work as a snap. <laughs> Uh, like nobody, it gave me like some some low level. Like I remember, I was talking to uh, somebody like in the PowerShell community, like Trevor, maybe, like helping try to to get it to work. By the way, one time I wrapped, I I packaged PowerShell as a app image <laughs> just to see if it worked, but it never like I never published it, but it it does. Yeah, I haven't built a module with Crescendo, um, but I could see it being, like you said, there's some risk to it not delivering great things, but potentially over time, I could see it being helpful in certain situations, especially if the technology kind of gets better. It could, you know, there's just no doubt about it, though. Companies and product teams putting out first-party PowerShell modules that are supported and, you know, properly maintained and stuff like that would be the best, right? I, I completely yeah, agree yeah. with that. But... And I don't think Microsoft is strong holding our, our hands here to force us to use it. But given the state of resources, it may make sense to invest in a technology like this. Um, but you know, when you look at things like Crescendo, like the Graph API and stuff like that, it does seem like, um, I don't know, it's less PowerShell-y a little bit. Yeah. I mean, obviously Crescendo <laughs> is PowerShell, but you know, the Graph API thing I'm not as fun with. Like everything being just API wrapped. Yeah, I mean it's like uh, I like and and I said like uh, I think there it makes sense, right? Like you you don't wrap a native command, you just call the API. You make it like a nicer way to call the APIs. So you don't need to learn like, uh, but but yeah, like uh, I I mean I guess it's good to have. I just think like. Resources could be put, like uh, I think it's in in stuff where things get, like the integration can be better. Um, I think it's like you said earlier: choose the right tool. You know, maybe like, it's like not for, exa right for, for example, like one um, one module that I use on all my Linux systems is the. Uh, there's a module Microsoft.powershell.unixcompleters, which is 
it's it's a mod it's like a this what this module does it 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 uh so if you use powershell you lose the native bash like completion completers so a lot of times you if you run like a native command and you press and and it has an option and you press tab it won't complete it unless you have this module so because this module is like it digs into like the bash completion pulls the information there and gives you like a way to use it in powershell and i feel like this this thing is i mean i feel like it needs better support like this this stuff is like it bridges the gap of of you know if you're on mac you can use like you know like have better integration with your native commands, if you're on Linux, you have better integration. Like this is, I think, a point where, where like this, this kind of like bringing this tight integration is something that I think uh, is where things could be better, right? Like I think this module needs to be installed out of the box on every machine that's not Windows, right? Like so, then you install Parser and you wonder, like, oh, why I, you know, I. I enter a native command, I press tab, it doesn't complete uh, my commands, for example, right? Um, <clears throat> it almost seems like we have both sides that are ready and willing to make the, the next step for a full integration and just something needs to do the project. So you have the longtime Linux users or, or Linux users that are interested in PowerShell want to take advantage, and we have PowerShell where they're building things where it works on Linux, but we just need someone to to bridge it all, almost. Yeah, I mean, like, or or create like a more cohesive cohesive uh, experience, like that. You know, um, if if you install, so so, like, you take you take PowerShell, you install it on a Linux system, you figure out or or Mac, or you tr and you try to figure out like what what you want to be better out of the box for the users that use these other platforms, um, and, and 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 make the experience better, right? Yeah, but I mean, but 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 uh, but on the other hand, like the 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 fish-like com completion that PowerShell has is amazing. Like I I use it on every system. I can't imagine going back to like you know pressing like Control R and searching my history. It's like like it's. <laughs> I mean, you just it, press it that right arrow. It's yeah. it's just yeah it's just like uh, peanut butter and jelly like <laughs> so it almost feels like when installing PowerShell seven on any system I guess it's, that's not Windows having like a list of hey these modules are recommended to make it behave most like native PowerShell or not native PowerShell, no no but... it it behaves like native PowerShell but if you run like Linux native commands you're not going to have the completion so they can they could just package the the Unix completers module that Microsoft created, I would also allow I package it, and then when you install, right, like the same way you have, I don't know, PS Readline and stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff where Microsoft did a really good job, right? Like if you if you add the PowerShell repository to your um, like distro of choice, right, like you're on Ubuntu, you add that. Then when you update you update the system, you get PowerShell updates, right? So like it's there, it's very cohesive. You take advantage of the system you're running on. Like there's other places where you can you could do the same. 
Interesting. Uh, here's a question. Going to Windows, but staying on Linux, because I have a question about Windows subsystem for Linux. Have you dabbled with it? Yeah, Where are I have you a lot of it? experience with it. <laughs> I, I've played with it. It's it's really cool from what I've seen. I used it, again, like I mentioned earlier, some CTF stuff. I run Windows subsystem for Linux. Uh, I think I had like Kali Linux. And then inside of that, you get PowerShell. And then you run PowerShell from Windows on Linux. And gosh, could, it's, it's fun. Yeah, you could do PowerShell remoting over SSH. All kind of good stuff, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think... WSL is is a very good uh, tool that Microsoft had to create to to I mean a, a lot of new and exciting technologies like containers and a lot of that stuff is is happening in Linux. It happens in Linux first. Uh, uh, I mean, and and they 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 needed their developers to to you know give developer access to that and and it it's i mean i think it's i think it's good like it it also helps you 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 know bridge the gap and then maybe later you can move to a linux a native linux system like uh, or you don't like it and 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 but it's nice you can run i mean every time i run wsl i install powershell inside my whatever distro that i install there like it's um that's it, it worked. incredible, though. Think about that. I cannot believe we're working in our careers right now, and we are playing with cool tools like that. To me, that's so wild. Yeah. I mean... It's always, uh, it's always fun to see what amazing new technology you just can take for granted as you go on. Oh. Yeah, and I mean, like, you can, you can do so much. Like, you... I mean, you could build containers with PowerShell inside of them to help... Like, I mean... Uh, I like a lot of my containers. I, I I just put PowerShell in there because it comes with a lot of, I mean, a lot of tools to help you diagnose when something doesn't work, um, right? Like you don't have to install, and it comes like in one package, and you get all this stuff. Um, obviously, you you increase your attack surface <laughs> by doing that, but uh, I mean for troubleshooting and debugging and you get like you can you have a lot of access to a lot of cool stuff when you uh, it, it, in a way it goes against the linux philosophy right like one have it one tool and have that tool one job do one job and do it very well but i think the uh, the other shells right like they what i like about powershell and I think it slowed down over the years. Is like when it came out, they were like, "How do we make all these things that that make sense?" Because to, to a person that figures out how PowerShell works, they you know that you give them another command, they'll, they'll it's easy to figure out what it does because you already know, like you're building on all this knowledge that you acquired how how it works, versus like what we we're talking about earlier, like. It, there's no cohesive in Linux commands. Like, if one command has dash n, it doesn't mean that another command that does something similar, the dash n will be the same kind of thing, right? Like, every command, whoever built it and it made sense to them, it doesn't have like a cohesive uh, view of 
you know, like name is name and stuff like that. Like, like no, uh, no style guide. No, no common parameters, right? Yeah. Like no. Sorry to go back a little bit. I'm thinking of crescendo, and you mentioned not enjoying text output and in Linux tools and stuff like that. And I'm thinking. Isn't part of what Crescendo provides, at least on the low end, maybe not for all parameters, but at least for some, it can provide a simple way to handle the output and be able to output objects? Yeah, so so a lot of a lot of native Linux commands, like uh, I don't know, like, like I take because it's a good example. Like I take the kubectl for Kubernetes. A lot of them have like an output to like a JSON format, and then you just pipe it to convert. Uh, convert from JSON and you get the object and, and you don't need like all the overhead. You can convert it, like you can output YAML and have like a module to convert from YAML. You could you could output a CSV and then do convert from CSV. Like you can you can do a lot of stuff. Like you can you don't have to be tied down to to this like what to what the crescendo model uh, I mean or whoever wrote them the the module that wraps the command that you made. And a lot of times you have to make it, right? Because there's no, let's say you take some esoteric command, I don't know, like tool that you installed. And let's say like we talked earlier about, I don't know, who is, right? So you have to build, so, so how long it will take you to wrap who is in Crescendo, or you could just write who is and output like whatever format that PowerShell can convert into an object. And sometimes like these commands don't have that, right? And you just have to deal with the text, but then Crescendo wouldn't, wouldn't help you either. Um, but, okay. So I think I'm in the boat of, I, I am happy that it exists. I, I think that it can be a good option for some, but I definitely hear where you're coming from, where there can definitely I mean, be I'm, I'm not, uh, I, I, you know, it exists. So like whatever I say, it has no, Meaning, I just think like that. That, uh, uh, as I said, like I think I think like it's better to work on what you have and have better, you know, like like the guy that re. Uh, I think there's like some intern I was reading, and I think it was the partial blog. Like he's working on adding features and like more features to the to the archive module, like support more stuff, like you know, native. I wish, like I want PowerShell to. So so every time I have to extract like a tar JZ file, I have to oh, like, expand oh, archive. What, what, yeah. is, what, what is the command again? Like, oh, it's dash XYZ, whatever. Like, oh, I know it, but I'm just. I know exactly for, what you mean. Now. So I'm like, can't I do extract archive and give me the, the tar JZ and let it like do its thing? Like, I wish that's why I'm me. And, and you have these files on Windows too. Like, now almost every tool. Even if it's a Windows tool, comes in the in the like in the tar JZ format. So like, I wish that, like this is like the stuff that I think really can Im help and improve. And obviously, you can have third-party modules to do all that. But you already have the the you know the blessed Microsoft way that comes in, in with the module. Like, why not improve on that, which they're doing? But I think more effort can go into that rather than you know wrapping commands um and, yeah. and stuff like that like uh i would love to see um microsoft has maui like the new uh cross-platform 
uh, UI uh, for like .NET 7 and stuff like that. I would love to see somebody, you know, like, like I think back in the day they had the graphic tools that, uh, I don't remember, I think it was also like some internet Microsoft that wrapped the Avalonia framework to create the outgrid, on, outgrid view on, on Linux machines. Yeah, I would love to see like more of that stuff using like new technologies like Maui that Microsoft created for cross-platform application and stuff like that, like in PowerShell. So you can build, like have a script that r- looks like a, you know, native to the system you're on. And I think they said that they're going to work on it, but like, I would love to see more cross-platform stuff like that. And I think a lot of people, like if you have, you, a lot of people, you I think, build like basic UI tools in PowerShell for for users and stuff like that. I know I did, um, and and that's why I played around with uh, wrapping uh, Pod Web with uh, um, with uh, uh, an Electron app in PowerShell to so you can have like a native app running Electron and and. Showing you like so you can build everything like this whole thing in Pod Web and PowerShell and stuff like that. Like it's pretty cool. You have a tweet up on that. It looks like you used it. You built some dashboards using those together. Yeah. So Pod Pod Web for those who does who don't don't know it's it's a uh, it's an so so it's based on on Pod, which is a module that uh, uh, Matthew Kelly. Kelly created and it's amazing. He's an amazing guy. I hope you're going to have him on the show at some I'm point. I'm trying to reach out to him. I'm hoping he <laughs> yeah, he's busy. Me. I think he tweeted that he had a, he had a baby or something recently. Oh, congrats. Um, he's just going to put the, his family over talking to us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and and uh, so so PodWeb, the, the PowerShell on Linux.com website is written in PodWeb. Uh, the code is on my GitHub and I've been procrastinating but i need to rewrite that thing to to update a lot of stuff to but um so so it's an amazing framework to to uh build web applications using powershell and then you can create buttons that uh, uh, similar to what uh, a partial universal used to do or, sorry universal dashboard used to do um and and uh, and, and it's it's all open source, and and so I built the PowerShell web uh, PowerShell on Linux website using that, and I figured, oh, it would be cool if I can build like a native application, and I wrap it in Electron, and then yeah, so I created like Pod Anvil, and I was playing with it, but uh, and I built some some native applications using that, but I would love to see like more more effort. I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of people who are not program. I think every help desk in every company like has the same kind of stuff, and a lot of people are like, oh, I want to reset a password for this user. So I, so they build something like that, you know, present it as as web website that runs PowerShell behind the scenes, or like people provision VMs and they like, oh, I behind the scene I call like the the power cli module like there's a lot of use cases there um yeah it'd be nice to have some more 
UI focused stuff. And I, I think that your point earlier was that let's get some first party love for these Microsoft.powershell modules. Like there's some improvements that could be made that could go a long way. Well, yeah. now you have me uh, curious because I did something where I was importing a time series database into Influx or Influx into Grafana. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that's something I could do similar with these modules to where I'm not dealing with so many third party, but keeping it within PowerShell. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, like, for example, it, yeah, like it helps you integrate between things, right? So I have, I'm a home automation enthusiast. So I have Home Assistant. It's like another open source <laughs> product. Never mind. But well, we know. I wanted to get information from from my systems into Home Assistant. Home Assistant has REST API integration. So what I could do to get information that Home, I don't know how, uh, you know, to, to build integration in Home Assistant. So I build something that uh, using pod that uh, presents API, like the information in a, in a REST API, and then I grab it from, Power, from uh, Home Assistant and there we go. Like I can, and since I can write PowerShell, I can get information from almost anything into into like my home automation and stuff like that, or vice versa. Like, um... it, it sounds like we've started the basis of what I'm going to submit for my 2024 summit uh, talk. About what? <laughs> Just using these to do home automation to build a, a dashboard and everything. I, I like where we're headed. I'm stealing all your information. <laughs> so I so I wrote like a while uh, like a few weeks ago when when I just when ChatGPT was like blowing up, I wrote like write in PowerShell uh, a fun uh, function to call like uh, Home Assistant like uh, whatever I don't remember why it was and it gave me a function. I tested it and it was working. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, so I can trigger, so I can change the the light, the color of this light bulb from my PowerShell command. Like, I can oh make it PowerShell gosh. blue. <laughs> Look at you, dude. That's awesome. You've got the power over there. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention one other cool thing that I've done with Linux, which was, um, developing remotely on a Raspberry Pi from my main machine using VS Code, like using the SSH thing to mm-hmm. kind of interact with the files remotely. It just created a really nice way to always have um, on my home network a device to do things with, to glue things together, to tape things together like PowerShell does so well. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it works very well. There's only one problem, and I don't, I'm not sure there's like a solution. I think I was looking... I was looking for solutions for that, and then people in the in 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 our community, like the PowerShell and Linux community, was looking for a solution. The biggest problem is the way the way it works is that um, it also works the same thing I was talking about earlier, or about PS sudo. It's like the the SSH has like a runs PowerShell in 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 like a special mode. And it serializes and deserializes your object. So when you work with, if you try to read like user input, or you try to like use something like uh, I don't know, like sudo in there, it's gonna it's it's gonna get stuck because it can't prompt. It's not like a real SSH ish session. I would say like it's 
um, where you have the uh, a way to interact with the user. So, uh, I mean, for certain things, it's better to SSH and then run PowerShell rather than uh, because then you you have the you don't deal with this like serialize and deserialize, and then um, you can read user input, like you can do a lot of stuff that like is is um, like your experience is better. But yeah. obviously, if you run stuff like automation, then you don't read user input and you don't have to do with that. So like you uh, for 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 that part, it works great. Jordan, I know you got some super important questions you want to ask, but I got to get one more. So <laughs> you just mentioned scheduled tasks, or sorry, PowerShell, scheduled automation, whatever. How do you go about scheduling automation on Linux? How do you schedule your PowerShell? So Linux has like, so, so, so this is a place, this is a good question, right? So I would love, I don't know if Microsoft should build something like that or but but it could be nice to have something like that built into PowerShell where you can so so Linux for most distributions you'd cron cron jobs. So when I schedule stuff, I schedule them using cron and I can call like right the PowerShell executable uh, hyphen file or whatever like and call and and call or do dash command and type the whole command or whatever you want to do. But it could be nice because Windows has the a lot of commandlets that are related to task management. But Linux doesn't have because you have to, it could be nice to have something that uh, uh, does that for you or um, rather than, you know, like deal with it yourself. But obviously you, if you, you could still use the native platform stuff, like I said before, and you can learn how those tools work. And then, yeah, you, 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 you can, do that hmm. uh, and it works pretty well like uh i mean it just calls the executable with whatever parameters you give it um it's nice that's how i've done it in the past i just it was in my mind i know some other people might be I, thinking I, about that for their little home automation so yeah like it could be nice there's like um it, it could be fun to try to maybe create like a a community project that does something like that yeah, I know in our in our community there's there's at least few people that use Ansible to call uh, they use Ansible to call PowerShell and they like write their automations in PowerShell, but they use Ansible as the orchestrator because there's the whole uh, that's another topic that's not and like a hundred percent I don't know what to call it like baked right so you have DSC. And then Microsoft, like the the desired state configuration, which is is a cool concept for a lot of stuff. And I I used a lot of DSC for a lot of different things. But then at some point they like decided like it it didn't work on on Linux. And then they like changing the way it works, and and uh. uh and that takes me to another like hot take, right? <laughs> I feel like, and, and there was uh, there was somebody who was talking about it. I think it was like Steve Lee about creating like a .ps2. Did you guys see that? 
I did. I saw some rumblings about creating a .ps2. Just I think it was to like support new features, kind of thing. Yeah. So so I don't know what's the solution for that, but I feel like PowerShell needs a way to have breaking changes. So I mean, like right, like you had Python two, and then they went to Python three, and they had break every like when PowerShell was new. They could do like they could reinvent the wheel, like do amazing things. And now, like it feels like it that that momentum has slowed down a little bit because they're afraid that things are gonna break. And sometimes to move forward, you have to have better things. You need to break some stuff to to, to and to build on that, right? Like um, if Steve Lee mentioned it, it means there's definitely on the minds of the PowerShell team. So. It, it it does, but I think it's something to think as 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 a community that uses PowerShell, right? For example, you have this whole thing with with PowerShell. It, it felt like that that point where you make like big breaking changes was when they we we went from let's say PowerShell 5 or like the to to the PowerShell core, uh, PowerShell 7. There's a lot of stuff, like if you write stuff in PowerShell 7 and then you try to run it on PowerShell 5, like on the Windows PowerShell, sorry, Windows PowerShell, then you'll have a lot of issues, right? Like the convert from JSON doesn't work uh, the same way. Like a lot, a lot of things uh, are different because, you know, commands are behaving differently and they and and it's in in some cases it's good to have things you know like you you learn from the way something works and you want to make a breaking change and move forward and i felt like for reading um like the the github issue and stuff like that i i i i mean when you bring more operating system and you take more things into account, I think it's a good thing to create some sort of, and I and I like the fact that they brought that Microsoft brought it to the table and they're talking about it, because I feel sometimes you have to have to to, sometimes we have to break some things and change the way things work to have a better solution, right? Like to have something that can do more yeah. and. And it sounds like so you're in favor of .ps too, right? Just I'm not sure if I'm favor on. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be like a PS2. It can be, um, I don't know, like something in 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 the in the header of the file where you give it, like you know, like you do a validation or, or stuff like that. Like you'd like require that. a module or something like that. Just yeah. I hear PS2, like and I just think of back in the days when mice weren't hot swappable. I oh. I saw somebody was talking about like dot. WSH or something like that like but I don't think it's 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 exact the way you do it is not I don't think I mean I think there's a lot of good ways I just I just think that there needs to be a way where you could specify like a compatibility compatibility for a version or um, the same way you 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 and, and move forward like and make the language like instead of because when it was new, they could invent anything in a way that nobody thought of before. And that's the reason why we have something so powerful. But I feel like we can make it even more powerful, but now we have something that's holding us back because we don't want to break 
something and sometimes you have to break something to make it better right like uh <clears throat> yeah because that, I... that's what happens with all these other tools right that that uh they kind of stay in the past and that's why they don't have a cohesive experience and that's why all these things that powershell came to fix and it it's doing pretty well i think yeah, and for a little bit of context, uh, Steve Lee looks like he opened up an issue about is it time for .ps2 mode, which I guess would kind of the general idea is that there would be new features or things like that that are hidden behind either a .ps2 file extension or like you mentioned earlier, probably some other way, but definitely a lively discussion there. Check it out. It's on GitHub. It's open source, so I'll have it in the show notes if you'd like to contribute. And now, Jordan. I think you're equipped with some of the toughest questions in the Midwest. Oh, yeah, in the Midwest. <laughs> I don't know why we're Midwest in it, but we're there. Ter terrifying all that uh, farm country. All right. Are you, are, are you ready for the common parameters? I, I am ready. All right. Are you shaking in your boots right now? Be this honest. Scary times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. What is uh, a time something went wrong at a job? How did you handle it, and what did you learn? Okay, so I have a I have a pretty good story here. Um, I was working for a professional uh, a managed IT services company, and uh, we had like a small business client that uh, we wanted to virtualize, and they had they had they they uh, so my boss told me like go there, there's this server, wipe it out, put like. Uh, uh, ESXi on it, and then we'll like do P2V and like, convert the machine. So I was like, I was asking him, like, are you sure? And then he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got there and I called him again. I'm like, are you sure? And then he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, okay, fine. Like, I verified that this is the machine he wanted me to wipe. I put the, the installation disk, I wiped the machine, and then all of a sudden, like, so the somebody at the uh, the company came over and said, oh, email doesn't work. I'm like, oh, crap. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to figure out. Like, I can't. And then I realized that I wiped the machine with, uh, with uh, the, the mail server. It wasn't the mail server. It was, I think, Windows Small Business Server. It had everything on it, like the DC, the files, the everything. And And then I was like, Okay, and then I called my boss. I'm like, you told me to wipe this thing, and then he's like, and and I'm, I'm like, that now it doesn't work. This and that. Anyway, long story short, my computer was running Linux, and I had uh, like the VMware workstation there, and I was very lucky that this thing was set up with Windows RAID, and I took the hard drive, I put it in an external enclosure, and my Linux machine was running the small business server the whole weekend while I converted it to to like a virtual machine to the server that I just wiped and then like that's how I saved I saved the day from the problem that I caused because and 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 that that taught me to measure twice don't delete archive, turn off, wait, see if somebody screams. And I think this thing scarred me for life because even in PowerShell, like I do what, what if, like 
every time something is like moving, deleting, like I, I'm super, and 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 even then, like I delete after I move or after I archive or, like, so so, so, the what if feature of PowerShell is amazing, and, and if you don't best. know what it is, go read about it. It's amazing. I don't. I. I. Can't, I mean. I think it, more commands should have it out of the box, right? Like. It's, so it's, I, I think if you do <laughs> when you're building out your your module, if you use the common parameters, what if is there by default now? I'm, maybe uh, I'm not I, up on that. I think you have to like implement the the what it does, right? Like, so if you you delete a file, then you have to. To, to yeah. capture that and then like oh don't delete like this you need to handle it in your module for it to do that yeah but, supports should uh, process i think is the yeah, attribute exactly yeah so it's it's amazing and like that that thing that scarred me for life and i and then when i discovered that powershell has i i it's it's i can't everything that's involved deleting moving like i do what if i like i <laughs> In, in back, like I measure three times, and then I use PowerShell to help me like visualize what I'm going to do before I do it, so then I don't, you know, like uh, be the be the guy be the guy that said an out of office to everybody in the in the company by mistake because he piped it to, you know, <laughs> yeah. I would say it sounds like you did measure multiple times. You asked multiple times. So the takeaway of archive before delete, I think, is fantastic. But yeah. where you where you clarified multiple times and got the go ahead, I don't I don't I, think I, that's I, on you. I yeah, I mean it's not on me. But I was like, I was the guy, I was the person in there, like at the you know I was the technician on site. I was the sysadmin that came to do whatever. So, I mean, obviously, like if there was no way to recover. My boss, the owner of the company at the time, had to take the fall for it. But it, I mean, you can learn from from mistakes of other people, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can, I mean, the same way as you can learn from your your own mistakes and and just improve on it, like and and iterate. And obviously, it's it's the the script you wrote when you start first started in PowerShell, and you like. What is this junk? I can't believe I did A and B and C and and you're like now you look I look at script. I, I I have like a folder of scripts from I don't know like years ago and I'm like I can't believe I did that. Like <laughs> So yeah. if I look at my earlier ones, it starts with A, B, and C and then just devolves yeah. into bad one language. dot PS one, two dot PS one. Yeah. yeah. If, if it's not going well, you can tell how how much I struggled based on how how obscene my variable names are. Yeah. All right, well, first one passed. Are you ready for the second common sure. parameter? All right, with what you know now, what's uh, one tip you'd give your younger self? Good question. Um, I mean, I don't know if it sounds condescending, but I think every mistake that I did is like what got me what got me here, right? So like I mean, I'm it's kind of like the butterfly effect. I'm I'm afraid of changing something. I mean, I I guess it's not really a tip for for me because I did that, but I, I have something that really like rings rings a bell. Is that 
I, I started working for a big uh, insurance company, like one of the biggest insurance companies in the US uh, a few years back. And then after a year that I was there, like the guy from the help desk came to me and said like, oh, you're like, I should have been like hired for your position. And then I asked him like, okay, so like, what, like, what have you improved? Like, what do you learn? Did you learn like, I think back in the times, like, oh, did you learn PowerShell? Did you? Le-? And he's like, oh, I'm, nobody's paying me to learn this. And, and, I mean, yeah, nobody's paying you to learn. Like, knowing a lot of times, an employer is not going to pay you to learn. You learn so you can get your next job. So they will pay you like double what you make right now with the skills that you have, and like. I, this is exactly what I did over the years. And like, I would just, I would reinforce myself and like continue doing stuff. You'll fail, learn. There, there's, I don't think there's, there's, uh, I like the thing where like with the light bulb, where they say, you know, Edison uh, tried to make like, he failed a hundred, a uh, hundred times trying to make a light bulb. And then he, he said something like, oh, I, I learned a hundred ways how to not make a light bulb. and and I I did so many like I mean, there's so many things like fail forward, like everything you don't like. I mean, all you you know it's called life experience because you experience stuff and you learned how not to do stuff. You learned not to wipe a server that your boss tells you to wipe. You learned like a lot of a lot of things by messing up. I mean. And and I would I think so so many people can 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 learn from that like don't be stuck with what you know now like I I came to my boss when virtualization was happening and I told him like listen this thing is gonna be big and he's like ah no nah, nobody's gonna use that and then I went like to another place in a different time and I was like listen Linux is gonna be the future everybody everything is gonna use that it's like ah Microsoft's too big never gonna happen. And then, like, I was like, "Look, PowerShell is this amazing thing. Um, I see like so much, and I think it's going to change like the way people operate. It definitely changed my career. Uh, I mean, I was like a help desk, and I was system engineer, and then like PowerShell really allowed me to to do stuff that I never thought I could do, like jump." play jump between this gap of like an uh, somebody that doesn't automate automation and somebody that's like a system and now I'm a devops engineer and it's it's like fail forward learn from what you do like don't don't be afraid to mess up everybody messes up learn from your thing try it in a lab like do it in containers in vms like set up like i did so many like projects that my boss, like my bosses at the time, were like, "Oh no!" Uh, like I, I would experiment stuff in my lab, and then I would come to them, and they're like, "Oh, we don't want to do this." And then I would lie, and I would say, "Like, listen, I did it at a previous job; it works perfect." Like, and and it did. Like every, I mean, you learn, like you do stuff, you try it and scale. You 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 know, like don't be afraid to to. I mean, if you're the, uh, I, I mean. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Fail forward, <laughs> be, be in there. It can lead to some great things. You're kind of evidence of it, right? You've gone through that journey of, oh, learn some skills, make some mistakes, learn from it, 
keep going and then life kind of rewards you. You get some good uh, progress in your career, gain some confidence. It's awesome. And, 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 you know, like, don't, don't be afraid to try new things because maybe now PowerShell is the right thing and tomorrow it will be something else. Like you in, in, in our, I mean, in our careers, in, especially in IT, like people 20 years ago were, would never imagine what we do now. And in, we probably can't imagine what will happen in 20 years from now. Like you, you need to, to play with, every, like with all this new stuff and don't be like, oh, this will never happen. Uh, because you just, then you just stay behind and you, you, you don't uh, evolve. All right, you ready for your your final comment parameter? Sure. What's your three favorite modules? Okay, so I already talked about one, and I'm going to do like self shielding here. Uh, the the PS pseudo is is really great, especially if you lose, use Linux. And I I've been working on like improving it and changing a little, like the way it works a little bit. But overall, it's pretty simple. You uh, and then um, I already mentioned the the Microsoft PowerShell Unix completers. I think if you run uh, Linux or it's a must. Um, another thing I like is the the uh, the console GUI tools for when you work on on you know like it's it's very nice to be able to it, you, you have like a terminal. GUI, I guess, to to do all all kinds of things, and you can you can co connect like native commands with that, and do all kind like it. It's very powerful and and it's very good. Is that the one with like out console grid view? Is that the command that it yeah, has? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. It's it's very like it's a lot of times like I you know I I get information and you can filter and you can you know. Do the same thing what you do with outgrade view, where you pass through the output to another command. If you could be like one output or like select multiple items, it's very good. Uh, what else? Um, and then there's like this the standard stuff like DBA tools, Pod Web, uh, the secret management. I mean, this is what I want Microsoft to do, right? Build these kind of stuff like this. This is something that everybody that uses PowerShell needs to do. Deal with secrets, and it. I, I like it. I think it works very well. Like they, and they they also build like the the local secret uh, store that also works very well on Linux and stuff like that. Um, what else? Uh, no, I think you nailed it. Yeah, I think we got a three. But uh, Avery, I don't know if, if you're aware of this, but Andrew is a bit proficient when it comes to shilling. But what you might <laughs> not know is he actually recorded all of his shills back in 1953. And 70 years later, they're all still relevant and they plug in perfectly every week. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, right now we get a chance to tune in to what Andrew said, you know, 70 years ago. Wow, Jordan, thanks, man. I, I really appreciate that introduction. Uh, been around for a while. You could call me a wise guy. Uh, with all this wisdom, I'm looking back at this conversation, and one thing is coming to mind. Jordan, we need to get more people into PowerShell. We need more. We need more. We need to increase what we're doing. We need to take this to the next level this year. Um, we need more people contributing to open source projects. 
getting the names out there, commenting on issues, all that kind of happy stuff. Now, as far as we're concerned, thank you for listening to this awesome podcast. Um, if you're on YouTube, give us a like, comment, subscribe. Share it with your neighbor, your cousin, anyone really. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. And you can write a review too. We really appreciate it. And uh, you can follow us at PowerShell Podcast, or you can email us at PowerShell at PDQ.com. And you can tell us your thoughts and deepest, darkest secrets. Thank you so much to our amazing guest today, Avri. Thank you for joining us. If people want to keep up with you and tap in, where can we follow you? Um, so uh, you can go to the PowerShellLinux.com uh, website. You can find the PowerShell on Linux Telegram group or... You could go to the uh, like the partial community Discord um, server and under the Linux channel, it all bridged together, or metrics, matrix, or uh, the posh for Linux on Twitter, um, and yeah, like they can find my alter ego or the partial Linux. Alter Ego uh, via Twitter, and I'll send you guys all the links so you can put it in the podcast. And yeah, don't be afraid to use Linux. Don't be afraid to use PowerShell. Don't be afraid to mix them together. They work great. And uh, thank you guys for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the PowerShell Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plough. Two kinds of flavor, two kinds of crunch. The PowerShell Podcast is a production of PDQ.com, making device management simple, secure, and pretty damn quick.